What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into a very special Friday the 13th edition of Hometown Ghost Stories Cursed Possessions. Today, we're going to be talking about the dead man's chair. So this story starts with a man named Thomas Busby. In the late 1600s, Tom lived in North Yorkshire in the UK. He had earned himself a pretty poor reputation. He was a thief, a thug, and a drunk. He married a woman named Elizabeth, who was the daughter of another notorious drunken thief, Daniel Oddie. Daniel lived on a farm called Danity Hall, where he ran his underground counterfeiting operation. Busby was the original owner of a local inn and pub just a few miles from Danity Hall, and the two criminals eventually joined forces and began working together to make counterfeit coins. The two did not get along. Daniel never quite approved of Thomas marrying his daughter. He was very protective of Elizabeth and thought that she could do a lot better than marrying this drunken criminal. Now, Busby was a massive alcoholic, and when he wasn't up to no good at Tannity Hall making counterfeit money, he could be found at the same pub every single day in the same seat. This was his favorite seat, and nobody was allowed to sit in this chair except for him. Same chair, same pub, every day, every night, throwing back pints after mega pint. He let everybody know that this was his chair and only his chair. He didn't care how packed the pub was in his rare absence. Absolutely nobody was allowed to sit in that chair except for him. Eventually, Elizabeth came to her father with a few horror stories about their marriage, and she told Daniel that Thomas would become very violent when he was drinking, which was pretty much all the time. Now, this was the final straw for Audie. He ordered her to stay at the house, and he was going to go set off to find Thomas to warn him not to return to Danity Hall and to stay away from Elizabeth forever. First place he checked, of course, was the pub. And surprisingly, Busby was not there. So Audie figured it would only be a matter of time before he showed up. The bar was crowded, and there was only one seat available. With a bit of a smirk on his face, he strolled on over to Busby's chair, looked around the room, and sat down. Sure enough, eventually Thomas comes strolling in. He's already had a bunch of drinks, so he's already drunk. And the two lock eyes. They get into an all-out screaming match, Daniel telling him to stay away from his daughter, telling him that their business is through, and Busby was pretty much just yelling at him to get out of his chair. He ends up forcibly removing him from the chair, threatening to kill him, and then Audie takes off, heads back to Danity Hall. Busby takes a seat in his favorite seat, and he's absolutely fuming. He doesn't even finish his beer. He just gets up and he leaves. He was going to go straight to Audie's house and set things straight. Well, apparently there wasn't much of a conversation when Busby stormed in. What we do know is Busby grabbed a counterfeiting hammer and bludgeoned Audie to death, dragging his body off into the woods to try to conceal the crime. So it didn't take long for authorities to crack the case. Elizabeth reported her father missing. Multiple witnesses saw the two arguing at the bar. They even saw Busby threaten to kill Audie. They saw Audie leave. They saw Busby basically just get up and follow him out. So they search the property. They find the dead body. They connect the dots and they charge Thomas Busby with murder in the first degree. In 1702, he was tried, found guilty, and sentenced to death for the killing. He was ordered to be gibbeted, which means hung from a gibbet, dipped in tar, and his remains were going to be displayed on the stoop attached to the gibbet in full view of his inn. The building would be renamed the Busby Stoop Inn, which would keep that name until it closed in 2012. Local legend has it that before his execution, he was granted one final wish. Of course, this wish was to go back to his favorite pub, into his favorite seat and have one final drink in his chair. The wish was granted, and upon leaving the inn, he turned around and announced to everyone that he had cursed the chair and that death would come quickly to anyone who dared to sit in his favorite seat. 
This was Busby's chair, and it was to remain vacant. The first victim of the curse would be a man who worked as a chimney sweep. He was out for a drink with a friend who heard about the chair, and they decided to test it out. They both took a seat and even joked about it. Needless to say, the pair had a few too many, and upon leaving the Busby stoop, the man decided that he was going to lay down and go to sleep in the middle of the road. His friend claimed that he tried to convince him to get up and leave, but ended up taking off and leaving him there. The next morning, his dead body was found hanging from the post next to the same gibbet where Busby was hanged. It was initially ruled a suicide, but in 1914, his friend made a deathbed confession and confessed to the murder. During World War II, the cursed chair would be associated with most of its alleged victims. The pub became a popular drinking spot for RCAF airmen, and many of these men would dare each other to sit in the cursed chair. These dares eventually stopped when they began to notice a trend. Anyone who took them up on the challenge did not return from war. In 1968, two airmen decided to test out the curse again. They both had a seat in the chair, and their car veered off the road on the way home, crashing into a tree. Both men died on the way to the hospital. More victims of the chair were claimed in the 70s, including a cleaning lady who simply bumped into the chair dying of a brain tumor shortly after. Several bikers would crash and die on their way home shortly after sitting in the seat, and a hitchhiker who spent back-to-back nights sitting in the chair while drinking at the pub would be run over and killed after leaving on the second night. A group of construction workers were heckling their youngest employee, convincing him to take the dare. Later that day, he would fall through the roof of a building they were working on and die instantly. This was the final straw for Tony Earnshaw, who was the new owner of the Busby Inn, and he removed the chair and stored it away in the cellar so that it couldn't claim any more lives. But it was not finished yet. Shortly after, a delivery man was in the cellar, and he decided to take a break. He spotted the chair, and he sat down. He made his way back upstairs and even commented to Earnshaw that he had a perfectly fine, comfortable chair sitting in the cellar, wasting away. Tony just stared at him and asked, You didn't happen to sit in this comfortable chair, did you? The delivery man laughed it off and left. His van went off the road and he died in the car accident. Despite the fact that the chair was a profitable tourist attraction for this pub, enough is enough, right? So he donates the chair to the Thirst Museum and what they did with this was they suspended it six feet up in the air so that nobody could sit in this chair. The chair had claimed its final victim and you could still see this chair at the Thirst Museum today. Thank you guys for watching. I'm Jesse Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Story, Friday the 13th episode, The Dead Man's Chair. Thomas Busby, you crazy bastard. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into Hometown Ghost Stories, Friday the 13th special edition. We're live, baby. What's going on, gentlemen? What's up, Rob? Um, Jesse, when was the last time you were gibbeted? I didn't know it was pronounced gibbet, gibbet? I guess. I, I, thought, I thought it was gibbet. Captain McSlugs in chat said that it is, in fact, pronounced gibbet. Although earlier in the chat, he said gib. So it's very yeah. confusing. Yeah, very confusing. So I don't know. I'm not too sure. Most of the pod, every podcast that I listen to on this case, uh, said give it. So I don't know. Maybe it is. Is it, is it worth it? Let me work it. Let me put my game down, jib it, and reverse it. Oh no. Yeah. 
Okay. We well, mm-hmm. we got starting there. off the Friday the 13th episode pretty hot. So that was the uh, the cursed chair, the dead man's chair. Um, Rob has on a special Friday the 13th shirt. I have on my special Captain McSlug shirt, and Dave is wearing a Jacksonville shirt. So that's what we're wearing, if you guys were wondering. I know yeah. everybody was curious about that. <laughs> um, and I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. <clears throat> I don't remember asking. Anyways, yeah, uh, so this was... <laughs> This was a side content curse possession episode. Um, I think when can we gibbet Dave? Is my question. I think that that'll be the that's the special surprise at the end of the show. Can we can we gibbet you when you're dead, Dave? Will you yeah, allow it? There, whatever. I also ask Kate if she outlives <laughs> me. I assume she will. I assume most of y'all will outlive me. Yes, uh, Boost and X Rage is in the chat. He says uh, he was very concerned about what shirts we're wearing. So he said, "Thank you, sir. Appreciate that, buddy." And, and welcome into the stream. Welcome in, Boost. It's good to see you again. Um, so this one, there is a common denominator with most of the deaths associated with the chair. And obviously it's a pub or an inn, a bar. Be- maybe before we jump into the deaths of the chair, we should talk a little bit about this crazy guy and yeah. his, and yeah. his and lead the events leading up to the curse of the chair. Right, right. Okay. So let's not get it's, right into the curse right away. So can, so can you imagine like if you had a bar that you went to every, every day of your life and they as people walked in, they were just like, no, 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 no. You can't sit in that chair. It's always occupied. I like, heard it was his bar. Yeah, he oh, owned the was building. It? Yep. Oh, did he own the building? Oh, okay. Yeah, I mentioned that early in the episode, but I uh, should have reiterated the point, I guess. But So so he was <clears throat> super inside, but he was just the guy from Shooters then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was just always, always at the bar, always in the same seat. And he became pretty obsessed. And... I mean, I get it, man. There's nothing worse than going to the bar and not being able to find an open seat. So if you own the place, reserve your seat. Screw you. I make the rules. I own the place. Right? Fair. I suppose. So. I mean, I just, I can't imagine having having your own chair at a bar. I mean, it makes more sense that he owned it, but just like, it, that's kind of through. If you were that much of a regular that they, they yeah. coined it anyways. I mean, he was that much of a regular anyways. The guy was always drinking at the bar, so... John Taffer would not be. Oh my God! Booster just said the exact thing that I was, I was saying. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that John Taffer would not be happy with that. And Booster, like the same exact time, posted the same comment. Uh, that's hilarious. But yeah, if you've ever watched Bar Rescue, he's not a fan of owners drinking out their own bar. It's a bad. And definitely bar. wouldn't be a fan of an owner taking up a seat because he puts a, a dollar value on every seat. That absolutely. And the- he would also be upset if the owner murdered someone with oh, a hammer. My God, you just stole it from me. But that's what I was gonna, <laughs> that's, that's where I was going with that. You know, he got off pretty easy being gibbeted. You know, where he's just hanged. Whereas, because in that time period in um, Britain, the, they would they took counterfeiting super serious. So obviously, he wasn't convicted of counterfeiting. He was convicted of murder. If he was convicted of counterfeiting, he would have been. Uh, hanged, drawn, and quartered. So there was this um, there was this couple that was in, from the uh, 17th century, Thomas and Ann Rogers, that were like uh, notorious counterfeiters. And this is right around the same time. Um, so they were convicted in 1690 for clipping 40 pieces of silver. And so what that was, was they'd take one of the, like a common way of counterfeiting back then was all the coins were made of real silver. So they would like clip a little piece of the silver off the side of the coin and you'd have like hack silver. And you, if you did it to enough coins, you'd you know, accumulate over time. So they were convicted of clipping 40 pieces of silver and Thomas Rogers was hanged, drawn and quartered while Ann Rogers was burnt alive. That was their punishment for clipping 40 silver coins. So Jesus. to be, to be, uh, 
yeah, just hanged and gibbeted. I guess that's not that's not as bad as it could have been. I mean, and they also let this dude just stop in at his bar and get another drink. He's like, "Hey, guy, just you know, on the way to on the way to killing me." What do you? That was one. That was one uh, story. I also heard that the he the curse came as they were hanging him. He he shouted it out. Anyone who sits him up, which is ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. My microphone by accident. Sorry. It's ridiculous either way. Like. Mm. If the game, I mean, I guess it's. I mean, you get a last meal, right? Still nowadays, you don't you get, get to go to your favorite restaurant, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, <laughs> fly me to Las Vegas before you execute me. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what's more outrageous is the fact that they they granted the request. That's the more outrageous thing. I, I can't think of anything more outrageous than that. Yeah. So I mean, I, that's all I can think of is a, a last meal type situation, and they. I don't know. They they granted him that wish, so he was able to curse the chair publicly, and then um, got it. You got to I'm cursing everything on my way out: chairs, cars, you know, horses, whatever I can find. Get on that horse, you're gonna die. Get in that car, you're gonna die. That ladder, mine. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just just not stop. Rob is bitter. <laughs> it's just all gonna. Oh, you want to play that Xbox? Cursed. Yeah. The uh, the murder was pretty brutal. I mean, he didn't do a great job covering up the crime. So, I mean, they they pretty much cracked that case right away. And um, But then he cursed the chair. So I think we jump into the curse. So the first victim was the chimney sweep. And his later on was revealed to be just a murder. And it was a robbery was the motive. This guy and his friend went to the pub. They got drunk. They left. Uh one of them decided that he was going to sleep in the street. Rob, okay, okay. I gotta. I gotta this this isn't weird. weird on this one. This isn't weird at all. So let's look. People do it. It happens. What? For those of you that don't yeah. know the story, passed out <laughs> drunk in the street. You think that that was uncommon it, back in that back in those no, days? No, I'm saying it's normal. We all. Rob's do trying. It. Rob's trying Rob. to say it's normal because he literally tried to go to sleep in the street one oh, night in Las oh. Vegas when we left a club. Look. He's. We're both pretty drunk. We got split up, and I'm texting him trying to find him. And I text Rob, and I'm like, "Where are you?" He's like, he's like "Forget it. I'm just going to sleep here." I'm like, "Sleep where?" He goes, "On the street." I'm like, "You're on the street in Las Vegas." Like, no. You think, yeah. First of all, no. Second of all, this is a very busy city. He's like, "No, it's a side road. It's fine. It looks comfortable." I'm like, no, it yeah. doesn't. <laughs> and I couldn't find him, and I never was, found him. It was right off of Las Vegas Boulevard. It was no big deal. My car was fine. <laughs> um. Well, you're lucky um, that Jesse that you were separated from Jesse because apparently, when you fall asleep with your best your best friend murders you. That's what happened with the chimney sweep, right? Oh, right. Oh, okay. So that plan was foiled. Uh, Rob uh, Andrew says there's a very small risk of being hit by a car in 1702. <laughs> this by a horse and valid. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, I guess it probably wasn't even concrete. It could have very well been a comfortable road. Could have been. It was probably right. cobblestone, so that does not sound comfortable. Either way, this was probably part of his made-up story. So, I mean, this guy murdered his friend. I, I doubt he ever even thought of sleeping on the road. I think he just hanged. Uh, he, he murdered him. He hanged him uh, from the same gibbet post that uh, Busby was there. Now, I don't know if it was the actual same one. I would assume that they took down the gallows after they hanged him. But I think as like uh, they they named it the Busby Stoop Inn, and they put a gallows outside. They, they made a gimmick around it, basically. And this was their theme. So anyways, they 
he hanged his uh his buddy from that one and confessed it uh on his deathbed. So that one that's the first death after someone sat in the chair. And then there were a few that I didn't mention. The thing with all of these deaths is that most of this is based off legend. There's very little actual documentation on any of this. It's all pretty much word of mouth. So it's very much based on if you believe the story that people are, are, are saying. And up until more recently, um, like the, the deaths that happened in like the 70s, then they started getting names. But we're basically going off of, I was cross-referencing different websites and there was a couple books written about it. But I, I was just trying to pull the cases that occurred most on these, these sites. And um, the chimney sweep was one that was always there. Then you had some bricklayers. This is one that didn't make it in the episode, but there were some bricklayers, and one of them died on the job right after they sat in the seat. You had the guys who were um, heckling one of their younger employees to go on the uh, sit in the chair while they were at the bar, and then they went back to work, and he fell through the roof. So a bunch of car accidents, people driving home, crashing and dying on the way home. Now, before we get into the World War II ones, this one – the common denominator with every single one of them, except for the, the first one was drinking and driving or drinking and then going back to work mm. or drinking. And then I don't know, but it's probably so it not a great coincidence. Idea if you're coincidence could have been coincidence, but this was after they took the dare and they sat in the seat, they died. They did die shortly after Busby never said how you were going to die. He wasn't going to say like, you know, if you sit in this chair, you're going to have a heart attack and die on the spot. He just said a death will come quickly. So whether quickly is the next day or the next week, most, a lot of these ones apparently happened right when they left the bar. So they leave the bar, they die on the way home. There was a hitchhiker who sat in the seat two nights in a row and then left and he got run, he got ran over. I don't know if it was by a horse and buggy or if it was by a car, but he died on the way home. So, were people hitchhiking in the horse and buggy era? Because that's hilarious to me. If that's a thing, I'm sure you could. Yeah, why not? All right, all right. I just throwing your thumb up to go about four miles an hour faster. Like, oh my god, guys! I was just, I was just googling people who have survived Busby's chair real quick because I wanted to see if there were any stories of people who sat in it and survived. Mm-hmm. And I typed in people who survived, and the first thing that popped up was Titanic. Wanted to throw that out there. Oh, Jesus made me, Christ. Made me laugh. <laughs> I'm so glad no, we're going to do this. So, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yes. Has Celine Dion ever sat in Busby's chair? <laughs> she's, still, she's still alive, so probably not. Oh, uh, that's valid. Did anything come up with the, with the results that you were actually looking for? Nope. I'm sure there has been plenty, but apparently not because the internet doesn't have any. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I'm not saying a single thing. Yeah, Uber so in the seventeen hundred. Literally, literally everyone. <laughs> yep. So think, although, yeah, the people in the seventeen hundred definitely died eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I would Just recommend George Clooney movie. The people who talk with goats, or mm-hmm. people who talked. And he, he, there's this one scene where um, he's showing him like this trick. He's like, you attach here, here, and here, and he'll die. He's like, this one time, blah blah blah. It worked. He's like, it worked really. He's like, you did the thing, and he died. He's like, yeah. He's like, right then and there. He's like. No, like 15 years later of a heart attack. (laughs) (laughs) But it worked. (laughs) Time is a flat circle. It's relative. Yeah. You know, it's it's all on what you determine is quick or not quick. Yeah. You said you're going to die a quick death, so. 
I don't know. I mean, so where, where things started to get a little shaky for me was there was a maid who bumped into the chair and she died of a brain tumor. So how, like, unless she got diagnosed the next day and died immediately, um, that one seems like it shouldn't have been on the list. But she, but didn't, sit, she didn't sit in the chair. She also didn't sit in the chair. She said, they said that she just bumped into it. And that's, then um, that's probably just circumstance. Just. Yeah. Nurse happened to have a brain tumor. I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know if I coincidence. Yeah. I mean, I guess before we go into the later cases, we should also discuss world war two where, um, yeah, these RCAF airmen who would dare each other to sit in it. And they started to notice the trend of the people that did take them up on that dare would not return from their missions. Uh, obviously the driving factor of all of these deaths could be war, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, but it could also be the chair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were going to one of the most likely places that they would die. So, yeah. I mean, I I don't think they were flying, you know, they're, they're playing and and getting shot at by Nazis or something like that. And they start crashing into the ocean like that damn chair. They were probably like those damn Nazis. I I don't know. (laughs) It doesn't seem. Imagine if during the course of the war, they were the only ones in the entire war to die. It's like, it's the four people that sat in Busby's chair. Nobody else. Well, they imagine, weren't, they weren't the, obviously the only ones, but they. Th- thanks, all, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, was, <laughs> that, that, that was the first half of my sentence. <laughs> I was just qualifying what I was about to say. So they obviously weren't the only ones who died, but all of them who did sit in the chair did die. Right. And they, so uh, that was, I, I read there was about 100. Yeah. So these these numbers, I think the lower side of this is they think that maybe around 60 people that sat in the chair ended up dying. And then because of how many sat in it uh, that went off to war, that number could be much higher. So there's not, uh, they weren't exactly signing waivers when sitting in the chair. And um, so that they don't have an exact number, but it is, uh, I, I can only imagine like the generals all, you know, meeting around the table and they're trying to figure out the plans. I'm like, well, geez, we're taking a lot of losses. Uh, which, which one of these guys didn't sit in the chair? We'll send them. And <laughs> I don't know. Okay, okay. Yeah. Fox, Fox crown comments, chair and war, bad combo. <laughs> <laughs> Do not mix these two. No, no. Uh, and then any other world war two facts you want to spit out expert Dave? More than four people died in world war two. Anything else you, you want to, you want to deep dive into there? I hope your chair is cursed that you're sitting in right now. <laughs> I am here on the record putting a, ch- a curse on your chair, oh, on your no. gaming chair. Oh no! So next week, uh, next week, me and Dave are going to host the episode. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a memorial episode for Rob. I really hope that isn't the case because that would be <laughs> that would this would uh, we would no longer be laughing about this clip. Anyways, oh, uh, you better still laugh about this clip yeah. if that happens. You know how powerful I'll feel. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm powerful. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, too good. It's too good. Um, and then, uh, so the most recent one, I guess, was uh, after the the maid bumped into it and she died. He, oh no, maybe it was the guy from the roof. I'm not too sure, but he took the chair. He stored it down in the the basement. He's like, no one's sitting in this chair anymore. We're done. Um, and I guess, it, I mean, it was good for business. It was pulling in money. It was pulling in tourists. People came just to see the chair, not, not necessarily just to sit in it, but it was definitely a tourist attraction. I mean, they themed the whole bar after it. So I can understand, uh, why you would keep it, but he moved it down to the basement. And then, um, there was just some delivery guy down there dropping off beer or kegs or something. And 
he saw it. He's like, oh, what a nice chair. I'm going to have a seat. Take a little break. Sat in a chair. Went back upstairs. I was like, oh, that's a nice chair you got down there. And the guy's like, oh, fuck. And, uh, <laughs> he's like, he didn't sit in that, did you? And he did. Now, I, I've read a, a few different reports uh, that he didn't die in the car accident, but he went into a massive string of bad luck. And it was kind of like one of the other cursed possession episodes where like, uh, I think it was in maybe the Hope Diamond one. The, the Hope Diamond one where the delivery guy was delivering yeah, yeah. Hope Diamond or something. Yeah. Yep. I had read one case where like, okay, he didn't die, but his wife died, his dog died. It, it was almost the same thing that that happened in yours. But uh, most of the websites that I read said he died, that he, he just, on his way home, he died. Which also connects us back to the other cursed episode, um, or cursed object episode, Annabelle, where a lot of the deaths, when people mess with Annabelle, were car accidents, car accidents leaving yeah. the location. And obviously this one has the common denominator of alcohol while driving away from the location, which could also cause you to crash and die. So I don't know. I don't know where I'm at on this one. I think because there's so many, I think it could actually be cursed, but just some murderer being like, ah, don't sit in that chair. You'll die. Like, like I, I feel like there has to be some sort of like ritual, dark magic thing to actually curse something rather than just some, some alcoholic murderer saying that's cursed but I don't know the rules. I don't know. So if an alcoholic can't just say that's cursed, Rob's probably all right. Uh, well, I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> 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 well, gentlemen, is there anything else we would like to touch on in this very special cursed objects episode? I'm curious. Yeah. To- oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, I think... Um, that this skeptic Dave is going to come on my skeptic hat um, and say that this sounds like one big uh, game of telephone, basically where one person tells a story and it gets a little bit crazier. And then the story gets even crazier where it's, it's just seems like this started out where they're like, Oh, did you hear so-and-so died? He's like, yeah, that's crazy. He sat in, you know, Busby's chair too. He's like, oh, wow, that's that's weird. This guy sat in the chair, too, and he died. I wonder if there's a curse or something on it. And then someone says, I heard Busby cursed the chair. You know, and then the story's yeah. coming in. And yeah, yeah, I say, yeah. I so, say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that this this that's what this sounds like to me. Because it's... Cause this just in. It's Busby's just... get a chair. Cursed. Cursed. <laughs> cursed. Thank you, Rob. Cursed. The, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm with you. I mean, and like I said, when we first started the live portion... The majority, the vast majority of this is based off legend, where it's like, we don't have names attached to the chim- chimney sweep guy. We don't have names. There might be. I mean, it, it was a murderer, right? Although no, he never got convicted of the murder, so I don't know. Um, but it's basically, are you going to believe word of mouth and and um, and believe the legend? And it sounded like it started to get serious towards the end, because like I said, the owner had themed his entire bar off of this. He was pulling in business because of this exact chair. And he chose, he said enough is enough. And he got rid of it. So that's where. That's, that's an where, outlier. That's like an outlier. So we see a lot of people that lean into this stuff. Um, the one that just springs to my head is the Mothman and the town that the Mothman supposedly happened in. They, they lean into it hard. It's brought them a lot more. It's, you know, stimulated their local economy a lot. And they just stick with it and they lean into it. And like you're saying, this guy being like, all right, we got to chill and get rid of this thing because it's, it's too much. Um, 
he's effectively hurting his own business by doing that. So exactly. And the other one that got kind of the same thing is so he donated the the chair to what's called the Thirsk Museum, T H I R S K, I believe. Thirsk Museum, which is like close by. It's a it's a town. And they took the chair and they suspended it like five or six feet up in the air and obviously made it impossible for anybody to sit in it besides Dave, who's unbelievably tall. And anyone that goes in the museum, I, of course, tons of requests from skeptics that are like, I, I want to sit in it. I'll sign a waiver that, you know, I'll make sure that no one's liable. They will not let anyone sit in it. So then where the money factor comes in is there was, I believe it was a Chinese movie production company who, uh, came in and they wanted to film a movie about it and they wanted to use the actual chair and they offered a bunch of money to the museum. It was like, just let us borrow the chair and, uh, and we'll give it back. And the museum refused. They didn't take the money. This was an entire movie production company. They had a bottomless pit of money and, and they refused it. And they're like, no, that we're, we're leaving it on the wall. No one's touching that chair. You can't even come in and see it. And, um, they were unbelievably upset. They try to get, they try to uh, bring lawyers in and they tried to, I believe they actually tried to press charges, which is crazy. Uh, they tried to press charges. I, I can't remember what the, what the, the charges that they tried to file was, but um, it was like discrimination or something like that. And uh, the, like the police or whoever, they're, they're just like, or the judges were like, no, <laughs> that's, that's not going to fly. Like they own this thing. You can't, it's not discrimination. So uh, something along those lines. And um yeah, I so mean, there you had another one where it's like you're going to get a monetary turnaround and they must believe that this thing is actually cursed because they wouldn't even let them use it for the movie. Just that was make a replica. A Stephen, that was an angle from a Stephen King book. That were actually even a movie too. They, uh, what was it? Oh. 1408 with uh, John Cusack when he was like, he wanted to stay in the room and Samuel L. Jackson was like, you're not staying in this room. So he brought in his lawyers and his lawyers found a loophole to get him to stay into the room. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> What's that reminded me of? Mm. I do recall. I do recall. That was a good movie. Was or, a good movie. I'm pretty sure it was a good movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But, but I liked it. I watched it the other night. It was pretty good. Yeah, so that's that's the Busby stoop in chair. The chair of death, the death chair, the deadly chair. I I'm on the fence. I think it's obviously embellished. I think a lot of people are leading into it. And just because if it wasn't at a bar and all these people were driving home and dying. That's when I would be like, oh, there's something up there. You know, like the Annabelle doll. Like that, that's that's not a bar. They don't have a, a cocktail hour before you go see the Annabelle doll. So it's like yeah, so but, many of these car accidents. I mean But but two deaths from like one bar stool at your local bar is an outlier, theoretically, right? Like maybe, but but who knows how many of those you know, I, I guess there isn't that many. So so that's what I'm saying. Like when you get more than two, it's it's you know, there's there's a little more to it. It feels like I'm not saying that everything is factual and mm-hmm. and stuff, but when you start to get more than one, it starts to become an outlier. No matter how long the bar has been open, right? I mean, there's got to be a number that if if certain people are dying on the road after leaving certain bars, your liquor license must be put in jeopardy, right? Where they're like, okay, they're clearly overserving people, right? And because so. it's not like people are going to the bars like, oh. You know, probably about seventy-five percent of us are just gonna not make it home tonight. It's it's still an outlier for someone to die on an individual night. Yeah, from an I mean, even if, bar. 
even if not if your bar is located in Brockton, it's a rough place. <laughs> it's a dark place. Uh, no, the um, yeah. It, let's say even even if like twenty five percent of these cases are true, that's mm-hmm. an, an extremely high number of people right. to die leaving your bar, um, and not just driving, but they're dying in other ways as well. So, um, yeah, it, it's definitely. I mean, this is also a bar that was open at least since the 1700s, right? Right. Even earlier, probably. So definitely, I mean, that's that's a long time for a bar to be open. So that I guess the numbers would be higher. But either way, you're right. I, I agree that it's um, it certainly is suspicious. But mm. I'm, I'm on the fence about it. What are, what are your thoughts, Dave? You're skeptical. You think it's bullshit? I think it's 100% bullshit. And I, I even think that the I, – I doubt the the I doubt he even cursed the chair. I don't think that either of those stories sound believable. I think the the the, um, the the legend of him cursing the chair probably came after a few people died and people were talking. And they're saying like, "I must be cursed the chair. He must have cursed the chair." You know, I think that's mm-hmm. that's maybe that's where I'm leaning. I mean, this is yeah. Me I mean, just it, completely pulling this theory out of you know thin air, right? But, well, no. Also, I think- most of the stuff is pulled out of thin air. There's no documentation on it. Right, right, right. A lot of it. <clears throat> no, I, th- I think there is probably that's probably the most likely scenario is maybe he didn't actually curse the chair, but he, it probably was his favorite chair. I mean, if it's true that he was drinking there every single day, he owned the place. He probably did go back to the same seat. I don't know if he was banning other people from sitting in his seat, but um, it's very likely that he could be at the same bar. I mean, do you go to and pick a bar in Plymouth? You probably find the same fisherman in the same <laughs> seat. I don't doubt that anyway. he had a favorite. Oh chair and i don't doubt that he used to get mad when people would sit in his chair in fact that's probably where the rumors of the curse came from um that everyone was like oh yeah busby that was his favorite chair but i doubt that he he's heading to the gallows he's not worried about his chair there's no way that's ridiculous right well Well, he's worried about it in the aspect of he's requesting to go in for a drink at his favorite pub. That's like the last place he's sitting before he dies. The way it happened, there's there's conflicting stories of all the stories that are tied to this chair. The, the idea that the court allowed him to go back to the bar for one more beer is might be the most outrageous one, but But it's a different time, right? It's just a different, I mean, it's wild now. It would never happen. Well, I guess it might in some like weird, small, town in some random country like canada um maybe i don't know it's just weird like but weird then is not weird now might not be weird yeah, then. court courts and trials and the whole procedure was certainly a hell of a lot different than it is i just think if they're drawing and quartering people burning them alive hanging them they're not worried like oh you want to go grab a beer before we do this that i I can't. That wasn't happening. I, I don't think. I don't think so. Maybe the guy that was that was bringing him over to the execution site wanted to grab a beer too. He's like, you know what? Yeah, I could go for a beer. Let's go do that before I kill you. Yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, magistrate, you mind if I bring this prisoner over to the? <laughs> I feel like having a beer. Mind if I bring this guy? I won't let him out of my sight. <laughs> Stephanie says, I wonder if anyone who wanted to off themselves tried to sit in the chair but got let down by living. Imagine using reverse curse. Trying... <laughs> <laughs> Imagine you're trying to do that and you choose like i'm gonna try out this curse like i can't think of a more terrifying way to go <laughs> the guy the guy's ghost goes ah i know what you're trying to do <laughs> no, you're gonna, no, no, you're no, gonna no. an extra 10 years <laughs> <laughs> all right so like i said i'm on the fence I, I have one final question before we sign off here on this special friday the 13th ghost hometown ghost stories episode um 
if it was a possibility and if it was allowed, would you sit in the chair? Rob? Yeah. Dave? Um, uh, yes. yes. I, I know Dave. Well, I, know I, don't, I don't believe that you believe the curse if you would sit in the chair. That's 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 the uh that's the question. If you wanted to if you and I feel like you have to be in the presence what of the What are you qualifying chair. now, Dave? What are you qualifying now? Come on. Spit it out. I'm not qualifying anything. This is just a thought. I guess throwing that word around. So if you have to be in the presence of it. Disqualify. <laughs> <laughs> if you would if you if you say I don't believe Sir, it, but you wouldn't sit in the chair, you absolutely you've disqualified. You've been barred from this conversation. This is, this is great for podcasts. Yeah, let's just talk over Dave. Dave, what's your point? If you say that you see this is this is this is fucking stupid now. Um, I would uh, I would not sit in the chair, and here's why. Not that I believe the curse, but just in the off chance that I do die, I don't want everyone to be like Jesse died because he sat in a chair. Like like if I tragically died in a car accident or something, I don't want people to be like, well, yeah, it was a seat. It was a, yeah, it was a and bar that's seat. With, that's Although, with is that a cooler way to go? Yeah, yeah, you died, died, from, a died curse. from a curse. Oh, that man. is pretty cool, especially if you're a, a legendary caster. There's probably no better way to go. Okay, <laughs> but if if it is true, and if it is a real curse, you're essentially committing suicide. Well, to Dave's point, you got to do it for the brand. <laughs> so I think one of us needs to not sit in the chair just to keep the podcast going. Just in case. all right. So I this is, this is the thing with with curses, and it's. The people who believe it, if you believe you're cursed, every bad thing that happens to you is going to be because of the curse. And if you don't believe in a curse and you, someone says you're cursed, you're not. I mean, you say you know, something bad happens to you. It's like, yeah, but that's, that would happen to me anyway. It's got nothing to do. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's, if you believe in the curse, everything is the curse. For if sure. you believe your house is haunted, everything you see is a ghost. You know what I mean? Mm. Dave, Same what are you, idea. What are you qualifying right now? <laughs> I don't like this line of questioning. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so that was a that was a little bonus episode. Let us know what you yeah. think in the comments. Do you think the chair is cursed? Drop it in the comments. Let us know if you think that this thing is legitimately killing people. Stephanie says she would sit in the chair. Brave. Ooh. I think that means either she believes, that or she it's not or she hates cursed. this show as much as I do, and she just wants to die with me. <laughs> like, give me the give me the cursed chair. Bring bring cursed chair. Give me the rest of my podcast from the cursed chair. Anyways, all right. Um, so there's something we usually do. On the normal show, <laughs> Fox Fox Ground says I won't sit in Rob's chair going forward. <laughs> so there's something we usually do on the regular podcast and not on the side contents, but I want to do something a little different, real quick, Dave. I want you to open your phone to our podcast and go to our reviews, and I want you tell me when you're there. You're going to task Dave with reading this really, really long review, aren't you? It's not that long. He doesn't. He's only got to read the updated portion. It's because okay. Rob doesn't want to read it. But here's the catch. I want you to read it in like your opening narrator's voice. <clears throat> like it's an episode. Or Christopher Walken voice. The choice is yours. <laughs> or both. Do it each way. Just keeps getting better and better. I've listened and watched all episodes numerous times. And went to find a true crime podcast to listen to. <laughs> And let's just say I was severely disappointed and found nothing I like as much as I like this podcast. Guys, you need to make podcasts covering 
true crime as well. It's the only way. It's the only solution I can think of. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) What a twist. You did both. Yeah, you mixed them in. That was that was beautiful. Um, That was actually a really good review. I thought it was negative. We're gonna we'll reread it on the um on the podcast. On the real podcast, but I just wanted to spice it up a little bit with Dave's narrator voice and apparently his Christopher Walken voice as well. (laughs) That was fun. So next episode is getting narrated entirely in Christopher Walken voice. (laughs) I think more cowbell. That's when we officially jump the shark. Like in ten years, when we're done with the podcast, the last one is going to be Dave doing a whole episode in Christopher Walken voice. By then, Christopher Walken will probably be dead, and then Dave can do do the haunting of Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken's Walken voice. That'd be so good. That'd be so good. Oh man. Anyways, uh thank you guys for hanging out on Friday night. You're hanging out with us, uh hometown ghost stories. Friday, on Friday, Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. Real quick, on Friday the thirteenth. My opinion, Friday the thirteenth is the best original slasher movie. Out of like the original slashers. Friday thirteenth, um, Halloween. I'm not doing I'm not doing this right now. This okay. will, this is too long of a conversation. All right. To tell you why you're so wrong about this, as much as I love the Friday the thirteenth series. Save it for the movie reviews. We will. It's better than Halloween. What are your thoughts, Rob? Can can you outro <laughs> us before I fucking punch <laughs> Dave in the face? Anyways, I want to the original Halloween better than the original Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, the original Halloween is better than the original Friday Thirteenth. We don't. We don't. We're not going to do it. We're stupid, not going to do it. It's a stupid opinion. It's it's an easy opinion. Listen, I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us. Friday the Thirteenth episode, hometown ghost stories. This has been a side content. Halloween is better. I fucking hate this show. I I hate it. I hate it. I'm not going to do it anymore. Anyways, uh, (laughs) thank you guys for hanging out. I'm Jesse Wilkins. That's Rob Coakley. That's Dave Wilkins. This has been uh, a lot of fun, actually. I've had a a very good time. And um, if you like the show and you want to support the show, please swing on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. If if you've already done it, the new thing is you can actually leave an updated version of of, uh, of your review and tell us still what you think about the show. Is it falling apart like it is right now? Is it a complete disaster now? Is it unlistenable? Probably. Anyways. The Titanic is better than Halloween. Uh, Jesus Christ. Just hit the music. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Thank you guys for tuning in. 